0: good to have all of you here. I guess the person I'm happiest to have here is my wife, but other than that, everybody, it's great to see you. Um, we're we're uh, finished a study through the Sermon on the Mount and we're not beginning another series right now, but I want you to turn to John 13. We're going to be looking there in just a minute and uh maybe this is your first time, and you're not sure what has gone on here, and don't worry, it gets weirder from here uh, but but the focus of our message we we have music that builds toward the message that we have from god 's word, and so uh the the preaching of god 's word is not just hey let's listen to what Terry has to say today it's a message from God communicated to his people, and repeated for us today, so we can learn from it. And so we're going to be looking in John 13, and part of this, one of my, I have like a dozen favorite verses, you know how that works, but this one is the one that really resonates with me when I feel discouraged, when I feel frustrated, especially when I feel frustrated with myself. I realize some of you never experienced that, right? But, but I feel that sometimes where I responded badly or I should have responded and didn't. And, and it, I love John 13 and the first verse. And we'll read that in just a moment. Our focus this morning is on having the heart of a servant. Having the heart of a servant. Father, as we look to your word, I ask that you would encourage us and even challenge and convict us where we need correction and guidance. I pray that we would view life from your perspective. Uh, Our world says getting more power and more money, that's what it's all about, so you can have more fun. And you said it's all about serving and ministering and caring and eternity. So I pray that we would focus on your values. We would add your thoughts to our thoughts and correct our thoughts toward yours, that our ways would be amended to follow your way. And I ask that this day you would show each of us some area in our life where we can rejoice in how you are working and maybe Where we need to correct our lives to line up with yours. May you be honored and glorified. May we be grown and matured. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when I read through these verses, there's some parts of it that don't show up as emphatically in English as they are in Greek, because the Greek language, there's ways of. Letting it be known, this is really emphatic. And, and your Bible doesn't have bold, and it doesn't have all caps, and it doesn't have underline. Now, that's what you would do if you were writing something, especially if you're writing a note to one of your kids and they don't normally pay attention. You're going to put it in all caps and you're going to underline it, and, and you're going to stick it right on the refrigerator where they'll see it, right? Well, Peter gets very emphatic in this passage. But we could read it just kind of, oh, well, Peter said this, and Jesus said that, and so when I read this morning, I'm not reading for dramatic effect. I'm reading so that it can come across and resonate with us the way it did on the day this happened. Now, before we go any further, I want to read down through this passage, okay? In uh, John chapter 13 and verse number one, and I'm not going to... I'm just going to read all the way down through verse 17, okay? Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, outer garment, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Picture the silence. How much noise does it make to wash feet? Not another sound in the room. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, Lord, You are washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he was bathed, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, quiet again. Noisy around Peter, quiet the rest of the way around. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. One of my favorite verses John 13, 1, especially the phrase, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And when I fail the Lord and I go to the Lord for forgiveness, I remember he loves me to the end. He loves me if I trip and fall on my face. He loves me if I honor him. He's happier when I obey, but he loves us. And we don't know exactly when this happened. It's before the Passover. There's later in John, it writes about the Passover not having happened yet. So don't know whether this was Passover night. The chronology is just a little off. When you try and take all the Gospels together, it's hard to know whether this was Wednesday night or Thursday night or Friday night. But this we know. It was the week that Jesus was going to give his life for us. And when Jesus knew the hour was come, he knew this was the time. He knew, and he still loved those guys. He knew they would fail him. He knew they would abandon him. And he loved them to the end. On the cross, he was still loving them. Now, in their culture, the first thing I want you to see in this passage or think about is the need. The need. What was the need? In their culture, people wore sandals. And on the, they didn't wear sandals like those, okay? Those have Velcro. But they wore sandals. And they had dirty, dusty, sweaty, smelly feet. Well, we can do the d- dirty and smelly and sweaty part. But, but they walked in dust all the time. And so in their culture, when people came in off the dusty streets uh, at the end of their journey and their feet were a mess, they would have a, a bowl and they would have a pitcher of water and they would have a towel near the door. And the custom was if you had someone come into your house, then you would have somebody wash their feet. Usually you would have a servant, Or one of your kids would wash the feet of your guests. And that was the tradition. That was the culture. It was hospitable. So it was needed. Their feet were a mess. And uh, 1 Timothy 5.10, Paul was describing faithful widows. And one of the things those faithful widows did was wash the feet of the saints. Now, we have a widow's group in our church. They don't come around and wash your feet, do they? They've never been to my house for that, so I don't know. But, but that it's a different culture today. So in our culture, being hospitable to a guest who has come in maybe off the dusty street, what would you offer a guest coming in in our culture? Would you like some water? Would you like a bottle of water sorry i 'm not offering that don 't raise your hand i 've been drinking out of it already. Uh, would you like a bottle of water or uh, i didn 't even I never thought about it. I have water in my fridge at church most of the time. I have a little fridge over there that I bought from my oldest daughter when she graduated from college, and so I have that over in my study. And and normally I have a couple of water bottles in there, and I never even thought of it. But Megan was at church one day, and the UPS guy came in, and it's hot out there. And and she offered him a bottled water, and I thought, genius. And so we've been doing that ever since. He maybe counts on it when he drops a package off at our place. Uh, But Benjamin or Megan or I or whoever's there, we give him a water bottle. That's our culture. That's being hospitable in our culture. There's a need for us to be hospitable to other people. There's a need for people in our culture and their culture to feel welcomed and accepted. Secondly, the awareness. How many of the disciples do you think noticed their feet were dirty? 7 of 12, 12 of 12, all of them noticed their feet were dirty. Now, it's kind of funny. Nobody washed their feet. Now, you, you walk into a house in a room like that, they would often have it right there. In fact, the indication when Jesus got up to get it, it was right there. It was already there in the room. So imagine this is the door we come in, okay? We come in this door to the house, and right here, there's a bowl and a pitcher and a towel. And so all these guys come in. But but can't you imagine them coming in out of the corner of their eye? They see that thing, and they kind of turn this way. So they pretend they haven't seen it yet, like kids do when they're supposed to clean up something, and they pretend, oh, I didn't know that was there. Uh, and so they... they The guys, they knew there was a need, and they all knew the need. There was awareness, and they were all fully aware of the need. Everyone knew about this need, and each of the disciples would have noticed. But I think they probably pretended not to. Sorry I have to drink. I'm very thirsty, and it is just water when I said I have to drink. Hopefully you understand that, right? They probably saw it. They probably ignored it. They sat down to enjoy a meal as if that didn't exist. Now, the normal thing would have been for somebody to wash somebody's feet. But their pride kept them from doing something that would have been normal, hospitable, kind, and gracious. Their own need was not met because they refused to meet the needs of others. They could have gone around and washed everyone's feet, and when they finished, maybe somebody would have said, hey, here, I'll I'll wash yours. But there was action taken here. And this is Jesus. His action flowing from his heart, having loved his own, which were in the world. He loved them to the end. Now, Notice in verse number 2, the devil had already put in the heart of Simon Iscari- of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that, knowing that Jesus, Judas was already going to betray him, knowing that he was facing the crucifixion. Fully aware, in verse 3, he knew the Father had given all things to into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. He knew that he was the Son of God and God the Son. He is fully aware of his preeminence in the universe. He knows that for all of eternity, we will be praising and worshiping him because God had already put him in that position And he stepped up, and then he knelt down, and he began to wash their feet. He probably washed several of them before he came to Peter. That's the way it's written in verse 5. He's washing the disciples' feet and wiping them, and then he came to Simon Peter. So Simon definitely was not first, probably not second, maybe third or fourth or fifth in the group. And then in verse 6, uh, he, all the other guys were probably stunned to silence, but, but Peter was not. It was Peter ever stunned to silence? Peter probably had the fear of public quietness, right? Um, uh, Peter did not develop the skill of keeping his mouth shut till he was much more mature in the Lord. <clears throat> but Jesus... Was washing their feet. I don't know the exact order he washed them. But he washed the feet of James. And he washed the feet of his brother John, sons of thunder. He washed the feet of Philip. He washed the feet of Nathaniel. One foot and then the other foot. He washed the feet of Matthew, also called Levi. He washed Andrew's feet. He washed Simon Peter's feet. Peter said, Lord, if washing your feet, if you washing my feet connects me with you, wash all of me. Peter really wanted to be connected with the Lord, and the Lord said, no. Peter, when you have bathed yourself after you've been on a dusty road, only your feet need wash. Now, there's a spiritual application here, too, that once you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior and you have been washed from your sins, then you don't have to get saved again when you sin. What you have to do is confess your sin, and he'll forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You have to get saved once, asking God to save your soul, to be your savior, to forgive your sins. And then when that happens, what does God do? He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then two days later, you lose your temper. You ask God to forgive it, but you don't have to ask him to save you again. Had a friend who was raised in a different church. In their culture, they believed they had to earn their salvation. We believe what the Bible teaches, you receive salvation as a gift from God. And so this part, he had to believe it. And so I asked him one day, I said, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and be your Savior? He says, oh, yes, I have. I do it every day. You can't be born again every day. The Bible calls it being born again. Not born again, 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 again. So you receive Christ as your Savior once but then you often have to ask him to forgive because nobody lives sinlessly perfect. And the analogy, using this scene as an analogy, we all have dusty feet sometimes, and they need washed. So we ask God to forgive our sins and restore us, and we do. But... He's going along and he, he washes Simon Peter's feet and Simon expresses this burning passion that every one of us should have. I want to be so connected to Jesus that I don't just want my feet clean. I want all of me. And then he washed the feet of Thomas, also called Didymus, which means the twin. He either was a twin or a very funny looking guy. Um, Then there's James, another James. There's Judas, Alphaeus. There's Simon the Zealot. I love the fact that Matthew the tax collector and Simon the Zealot are both in the room together. And I don't think either one would have served the other one, but Jesus serves them both. And he even washed the feet of Judas Iscariot knowing that Judas would be the one that betrayed him. Don't you wonder what went through Judas's head right then? I'll tell you what I think. I think Judas was probably saying, this is proof I shouldn't be following him. He doesn't know how to lead. He doesn't know how to take charge. He should have ordered one of these other guys to wash our feet. What's he doing? The Bible doesn't say that's what he thought, but Judas certainly thought he had the right answers and Jesus had the wrong ones. Now, if he spent one minute per foot, how long did it take? This is your math quiz. Twenty-four minutes. And total silence, except for Peter. All you could hear was the water splashing and the towel rubbing. 24 minutes. I, don't you wonder at the discomfort of the disciples as it went on and on? And I, I think at first they were shocked, but eventually they were embarrassed and maybe shamed. Because they saw the need. They had awareness. But they didn't take action. Now, Jesus says that this is an example for us. He said in verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, you do well. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now, some churches practice a ritual of foot washing. They have three ordinances, baptism, the Lord's table, and foot washing. But most of the time, the churches do that. They only wash one foot. And they ask everybody to wash your feet and wear clean socks before you come. That's not exactly what Jesus put up with. So the reason we don't do it is because it's presented as an example of the hospitality and service we should show to people. It was not done within the church service. There was no church service here. It was a meal with his disciples. It wasn't a ritual that he was setting up. It was an act of hospitality for those who were weary on their journey, those who needed their their sweaty, dusty feet cleaned. Like when you come into church, usually there's somebody there to welcome you, maybe give you a bulletin. If, you, if you've never been here before and you ask, where's the bathroom? They can steer you in that direction. And you, you have people greet you, and that's hospitable. That's normal. And the only mention of foot washing outside the Gospels, we we read about, Baptism. We read about the Lord's Supper in Acts and in 1 Corinthians and in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. But we don't read about foot washing as an ordinance and a practice. So, is it wrong for a church to do foot washing? No. No but we try and structure our ministry based on the Bible. And the only example outside of what Jesus did here in the Gospels was when uh, Paul wrote to Timothy about widows washing feet. So the disciples frequently talked about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus was showing how believers achieve greatness. We read a related passage earlier in the service. Matthew twenty three eleven. Jesus said, He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. How does that work? Well, if you are ever a boss, somebody who supervises other people, Then one of your responsibilities is to make sure they have the training, tools, and equipment they need to do their job. You serve them by making sure they have what they need so that together you can get the job done. You minister, you care. If you show up for church and you see a trash can overflowing, which hopefully you'll never happen, but if you see that, you bag it up, you carry it outside. If you're physically unable to carry it to the dumpster, just get Hunter to do it. He's good at hauling trash. Uh, but, But we have to build into our psyche not the ordinance of foot washing, but the example of serving. So one of the things that we have in your bulletin is that little card that Tim mentioned before. And on that card on one side... It has, if this is your first time with us, you can give us some information that we would love to have because we consider it a privilege to have you here. We'd like to get to know you a little bit. On the back side, there's a couple other things. One of them says, how can we pray for you this week? What's a blessing to praise God for this week? You can write down a prayer request and a blessing. And quite often, the things that people write here and turn in end up on our prayer list for everybody to pray for. If it's a private thing, you can write private on there. And then the deacons and I will pray for you on that subject. But there's another one today. What opportunities has God given you to serve someone this year? Now, you don't have to write this down, turn it in, and the person who gives the best answer gets a gold star. No, you could, but I encourage you to write something down here for your sake to remind yourself what Jesus taught was we need to be serving. We have some people who just do it naturally. It's a giftedness. They, they have the, the gift of helps or serving, and, and so they're spiritually gifted to really help and care for everybody. And there's other people, maybe they have the gift of ruling. Well, they have just as much responsibility to serve. It might be more challenging for them but they have that responsibility. He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. How are you serving? So we have the need and the awareness and the action required. All of these are required, but they're not only required in that day, the need, the awareness, and the action, but also today. There are needs today. And I don't just mean Sunday, November the 4th, 2018. I mean in our day. There's going to be needs, action, awareness tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. There's going to be something going on every day. So, not only is it today, but it's also today. By you. How are you going to be serving? So, if we went around the room, and I could start with Tim, and say, Mr. Deacon Pennock, how are you going to serve this week? He should be able to have something. If I said even more, what did you do last week to serve other people? And if he said, I made sure my wife took care of my kids. Well, that's not good enough. (laughs) You have to serve. You have to minister. You have to care. You have to see needs. You have to have the awareness of what could be done and what should be done, and then do it. Nobody nudged Jesus into it. He saw the need and he took care of it and he used it as a teaching tool for all time to remind us we need to serve. A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I wrote something down several years ago, shared it with our leadership team, something to help me in my head just remember that my goal is to love and serve God and others more and more. And it's easy for me to remember, and I think about it all the time, love and serve God and others more and more. And so that I don't get focused on what I need to do in leadership, I'm also focused on what I need to do in serving and caring and ministering for people. Because Jesus said, I gave you an example that you should go serve just like this. Now, I don't know what's going on in your heart and life. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't want to be a servant. I hope you change your mind because you can't follow Christ without being a servant. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You need to ask Him to forgive your sins and save your soul. We'd love to show you from the Word of God how to do that. You could come forward, or you could just stay where you are, and somebody would come up and ask you, Would you like to be saved? But every one of us needs to say, Am am I like Peter at the beginning? No, Lord, you're not going to do this thing. You are not going to wash my feet. Or are we like Peter at the end? Lord, wash all of me. I want to be connected to you. We're going to sing a song. And as they come up and play through that song, I want you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, look in your heart, Ask God if there's somebody you need to serve this coming week. Ask God to show you how you could serve them. And in just a minute, we are going to sing, Make Me a Servant.